0: Hello and welcome to the East Baltimore Graffiti Church's podcast. We are so excited to have you join us today. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at ebgraffitichurch at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on our website at ebgraffitichurch.org. We're going to talk about four things here in Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, verses 25 through 40. Now, But to give you just just a little bit of background about the church and by the way um not that this was done by design but you know today is the day of pentecost today is the day we celebrate uh that we celebrate the inauguration or the coming in of the church jesus is raised from the dead he's gone forward into heaven today is the day of pentecost when the holy spirit came on the believers and they were preaching the gospel and thousands of people were getting saved in jerusalem isn't god great because today we're going to have a baptism service And I just feel like we're having an Acts 2-style day today ourselves. Amen? Amen. So in the church at this time, if you remember, in Acts chapter 6, the the early church uh, ordains the very first deacons. So there was some problem. There was some challenges. There was some drama in the church. Some people were being treated unfairly. Interestingly enough, it had to do with their ethnicity and their culture. Um, so wrestling with these things as followers of Jesus is not a new thing for, follow- for Christians. So these men were ordained as deacons. One of these men, we'll be talking about him this morning. His name was Philip. So Acts chapter 7, things start getting heated, right? They get this guy, Stephen, another one of the deacons. He's preaching the gospel. Uh, threats, persecution begins. They drag Stephen out of the town and they murder him. They kill him. They stone him and um sorry guys i'm having a day today so what happens is this is the beginning of persecution in the church and so the church begins to scatter from jerusalem but prior to this what we hear in acts chapter 2 and acts chapter 6 is that thousands of people are getting saved as a matter of fact it said in acts chapter 2 when peter preaches over three thousand people got saved In Acts chapter 8, Philip is in Samaria. By the way, preaching to the Samaritans. Again, why do I do this to you? Because I think it's relevant. Um, Ethnically and culturally battling for hundreds of years, they hated each other. But because of Jesus Christ, the gospel is being preached by Jews in Samaria. Acts chapter 8, though, hundreds, maybe thousands of more people getting saved. People are getting saved in large groups But here we're going to see something very different. That's why we're talking about preaching the gospel, obediently sharing your faith. Uh, Number one, here's what we're going to see, obediently going wherever God calls you to go. We see this in verse 26. Now, I get it. The angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, if you had a true theophany, yeah, if the angel of the Lord spoke to you, and you heard that, saw that, and felt that, it might motivate you a little bit. Now, let me say this. If you're walking closely with Jesus and you're a Christian who's full of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit does lead you and guide you to go where he wants you to go, to serve where he wants you to serve, and to say what he wants you to say. So, these guys are already preaching the gospel Our friend Philip here, he's not an apostle, he's a deacon. But dude is out there with the apostles. They're going back and forth uh, to Samaria and around Jerusalem. They're preaching the gospel. People are getting saved. Miracles are being done for the sake of the gospel. And here an angel of the Lord speaks to him. Get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. Sometimes God might call you to do something he might call you to do something that makes you say, huh, no, hold on a minute. What, go See, here's what happened. This was about 50 miles out of his way. If he was to leave the area of Jerusalem where he had been, he had to go in the desert on a deserted desert road where there were very little, if any, people. And God is saying instead of being where you are, preaching the gospel, doing miracles, and seeing people get saved, I want you to leave and go down this dusty nowhere road by yourself, dude. Does Philip say, huh? Verse 27, short sentence, but really key, so he got up and went. Guys, listen, sometimes that's hard, isn't it? Sometimes that's hard. I share with you often, sometimes humorously, but maybe a little more seriously today that um, um, Baltimore was nowhere on my radar eight years ago, nine years ago, Uh, but we were going to New York City to plant a church. I was thrilled. Got, pardon? New York City on the beach. New York City on the beach. (laughs) Jesus loves me. (laughs) Nathan's famous hot dogs. Boardwalk. Jesus loves me. I'm going. I get to live in New York City and be a missionary. I'm good. God had other plans. I had absolutely no desire to come to Baltimore. It never crossed my mind. It really didn't. And then God said, Nope, dude. We're doing something different. So what did I do? I dragged my feet a little bit, but we prayer walked um, in Baltimore. We went to D.C. We went to Philadelphia. We even went to Wilmington, Delaware. I mean, we went everywhere to prayer walk and say, God, what are you really saying? Because I'm a little hard-headed. And but eventually, eventually, maybe not as quickly as Brother Philip here, sometimes it's time to get up and go. This is when God calls you to serve in the city. Some of you say, hey, it's home. I grew up here. I'll do it. I'm saying amen. Come, let's do it together. Um, And but for others, this may have been a little more challenging for seven, almost eight years now, I've had the privilege of spending some time on college campuses, encouraging students and young adults on these campuses to just come down in the city and serve one time is, what is, is how we do it. And I usually tell them the truth, but I say, come to the city one time and serve Jesus, share the gospel with somebody or share a little love. And you know what happens a lot? They come back. Amen. They don't run the other way. Amen. Why? because uh, they might be seriously obeying the leading and uh, guiding of the Holy Spirit in their lives, and they get here, they share the gospel, sometimes with people who look like them, and sometimes with people who do not look like them. And sometimes God will do that too. He'll do it for several reasons. I believe that one of those in the top ten is that God has a sense of humor. But God will also do that for several other reasons, and we're going to see a couple of them here today. Preaching the gospel, obediently sharing your faith, as a matter of fact, if you look in verse uh, verse twenty five verse thirty five and verse forty, preaching the gospel to the villages preached, to G- preached Jesus to him, he kept preaching the gospel. This is all about Philip and the others, but mostly this passage all about Philip telling people about Jesus Christ. And not just telling them, but inviting them and calling them to know Him as Savior. Let me get this um, part of my definition of evangelism out, uh, even if I'm a little out of order here, because I know what'll happen. I'll forget it. Um, we like to say we do evangelism. We share the gospel with people. I will say this: we do not complete the process of evan- I i do not complete the process of evangelism unless and until I invite someone to pray and know Jesus as their Savior if they don't. And this is what Philip does here today, too. Now, remember, this guy's been preaching to hundreds of people and thousands of people, and now God says, go down this little dirty road, and he doesn't even know why. So we talk about obediently going wherever uh, God calls you to go. Secondly, meeting and caring for people who don't look like me. We see this in verses 27 through 24. Guys, I... I don't know, and I hope that, I know that some of you have shared your experiences with me, and maybe I will start by sticking to the text here. But not only did he get up and go, but he meets this guy. He meets an Ethiopian eunuch. This guy, there are several characteristics of this guy who are, that are very important. One, so the Ethiopian eunuch lives about 1600 miles away in the Sudan. He has traveled all the way to Jerusalem in his chariot to worship God. It is is generally understood that he he was a Jewish proselyte. So he's a non-Jewish guy who became, um, joined the Jewish faith, right? And he was coming home from Jerusalem. He was seeking God and there was something, there was something in him that God was stirring in him and Philip sends, God sends Philip to him. But this guy, one, he's wealthy. He is the treasurer or the finance guy. For the Queen of Ethiopia, the official of Candace, Queen of Ethiopia. That's a title, even the name Candace, Queen of Ethiopia, because you can read about that in the Old Testament as well. He was her main guy. Let me tell you a couple more things about him. He was wealthy, he was powerful, he had influence, uh, he was from the Sudan, he was African. He did not look like Philip. As a matter of fact, because he was a eunuch, a eunuch was a person who could not have a family. If you need any further explanation of that see me following the service we're rated g we love our kids so so but because he was this guy traveled 1600 miles to worship god and he couldn't even go into the church he had to stay in the outer courts because he was not um he was not considered Um, holy, or or whole, W-H-O-L-E, or religiously satisfied. He couldn't go in with everybody to worship. This guy still, he wanted to worship God. He traveled 1,600 miles, gets to the church, and he knew this. He didn't even get to go inside, but he was seeking God. Wealthy, influential, um, did not look anything like Philip or the people that Philip hung out with. Matter of fact, the Samaritans, uh, several hundred years before, they had been Jews who married out of their religious and, and, and they married out of the Jewish faith. They married pagans, they continued to worship God, and because of that, they hated each other. So you have this hatred between Jews and Samaritans for all of these um, generations, and yet because of Jesus Christ, they're sharing a love of God with, with the Samaritans. And now, now Philip's going to share the gospel one-on-one with the Ethiopian eunuch. And I just love, this is one of my favorite stories in the New Testament, one of my favorite accounts of what God does. I can picture this. I can picture this, this Jewish man and this probably much taller, noble looking African guy standing in the chariot and and what God is going to do. But there are some things that we see here that meeting, when we talk about meeting and caring for the needs of people who don't look like me, one, God gave Philip boldness. He knew, he had already obeyed God, he was out on that dusty road. Sometimes we have fear until we take that first step. As a matter of fact, you know what? I, I won't lie to you, I, every now and then, it's happened to not recently, but every now and then I'll wake up at 3.30 in the morning in a cold sweat and say, what in the heck have I done, Jesus? Uh, and then God reminds me that I'm obediently following him but when we are following god the leadership of the holy spirit and you have that confidence god will give you boldness god will give you boldness to share the gospel he'll give you boldness to get up and go he'll give you the boldness to trust him to meet your needs secondly secondly an invitation and we talked about that already right but we're gonna see i love this uh listen to what it says here so the eunuch was sitting, he was returning from Jerusalem, sitting in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Now listen, this, um, I don't think about this very often. I'm sure somebody smarter than me told me this a long time ago. Dude wasn't sitting still. The chariot was going down a road, and, and I'm pretty sure by the language here, the dude's reading while he's, and don't do this in your car, but I've seen people do it. He's reading and driving his chariot. Listen, maybe you'll agree with me philip ran. so then the spirit said to philip go up and join this chariot he's like dude you're going to make a fool of yourself you're going to start running catch up to the chariot and say hey dude how you doing yeah yeah you ever seen no i won't do it today (laughs) verse 30 philip ran up and heard him reading isaiah the prophet and said do you understand and it probably didn't say do do you understand do you understand what you're reading right okay i mean i mean it's right? That's why I like this narr- these narrative passages. And he said, well, how could I understand unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. When you're under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, he's guiding and leading you to share your faith. Sometimes people will just flat out invite you up into the chariot. Pastor, come to my house and tell me more about this Jesus. Hey, you people... You silly people have been out here talking about Jesus in the park for for eight years. I think I wanna sit down and listen. Hey, will you sit down and tell me some more? The eunuch, this wealthy, and by the way, this powerful, wealthy man who didn't look anything like Philip displayed a great deal of humility. Philip was a regular guy, ordained by God to serve his church, but just a regular guy going around with the apostles sharing his faith. This wealthy, powerful Ethiopian eunuch invites him up into the chariot. Sometimes when you are obediently following God, people, if they don't just outright invite you to share the gospel with them, they're giving you the opportunity because they, because they trust you a little bit. So people will, because you are obediently following the Lord, give you an invitation. to, And don't miss these divine appointments. I've missed them before. I've chickened out before and um, i don't want to anymore because people will give you an opt an invitation to share your faith with them and also be a good listener and we see that right here in the text right he was reading the scripture so picture this philip jumps up in a chariot he's probably glad to get up in there right he gets up in a chariot catches his breath for a second it's 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 the eunuch who's reading philip starts out listening and i tell you guys there's no greater benefit I'm a talker and sometimes I've shared this with you one of my strategies for shutting up if I'm talking to you And you see me go like this That I'm reminding myself to keep my mouth closed while we're talking Because one of my goals is to be a better listener I don't have to rattle off the Romans Road in 90 seconds and ask you to pray to Jesus Blood on the cross Jesus raised from the dead and dunk you in the pool all in five minutes. It doesn't have to be done that way I promise so so dude is reading the scriptures Philip is listening right so the eunuch says please tell me of whom does the prophet say this of himself or of someone else when I'm being a good listener I will hear the right questions he says so you guys know I will not I will never miss an opportunity to go to Isaiah chapter 53 And you guys know, if I don't sneak it in somewhere around Christmas time, you all know I'm not feeling well. You guys have heard this preached several times if you've been around here for more than a couple years. But that is what he is reading. Matter of fact, that's what most people would have read after church um, in Jerusalem. Uh, Isaiah was always their favorite. And so he says here, and you you guys know the verse, which is not in, in Acts, all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He says, Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. And then the part that's here in Acts chapter 9, he was led as a sheep to slaughter and as a lamb before its shearers, so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his justice was taken away. Who will relate his generation for his life is removed from the earth? So the eunuch is reading this and he's like, he's familiar with Isaiah. He says, so who is the prophet talking about? You will get, if we're good listeners, you'll get the perfect invitation to share. Because remember, Jesus had come, Jesus had died, Jesus had risen from the dead and just recently gone back to heaven. This is taking place, right, just a couple few months later, maybe a little more than that. And Philip gets to tell this guy all about Jesus. He said, you know, hundreds of years, my friend, Isaiah, Isaiah penned these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to talk about Jesus who would come. And then Philip gets animated, and I'm sure it's not here, okay, so we're, we're It's not in the scriptures, but that Philip said, oh, Jesus came and he died and he died on the cross. And maybe the eunuch had heard about that, right? Even if the Jews by and large did not believe in Jesus. And that some say, these Christians say he rose from the dead so that he could save people from their sins. Phil, That's what Philip is sharing with the eunuch based on what the eunuch had been reading in Isaiah 53 in the Old Testament, the gospel in the Old Testament. Why is that important? Because Philip was being a good listener. And you know what else? Next, he was being flexible. Don't force it. You see that there. He saw him and listened to him reading Isaiah 53. And me, you know, if, that was, if I was Philip, I'd have just been sitting there. Mm, this is going to be a good one, y'all. I love this passage. So Philip's probably sitting there. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about Jesus. I can tell because he knew, he knew that the Holy Spirit had orchestrated these events in order for the wealthy eunuch to hear the gospel. And guess what? You think about some of God's purposes in suffering. This one's free. It's not in the notes. This, think of God's purposes in suffering. The church is being persecuted. Stephen has been brutally murdered. This guy named Saul was approving and throw approving of all of this throwing people in jail locking up Christians the church is being blasted out of Jerusalem and then Philip's here preaching to this wealthy influential eunuch who's going to go all the way back to Africa to Ethiopia a uh, spoiler alert with the gospel in his heart with Jesus as his savior this is how the church the gospel of Jesus Christ spread all over the world it spread the fastest and the furthest during times of persecution and hardship. Now, I don't risk that. I don't wish that on any group of people on our country, and, and I don't wish that on our world, but it's certainly a fact here. God took this suffering. He blew these Christians out of Jerusalem through the persecution, and now that's how the gospel began to spread all over the world. Next, we see here, sharing the gospel begins with the word of God. Listen, In verse 25, you see the apostles and Philip, it says, they testified and spoke the word of God. Here, where does Philip start? It says here, Philip opened his mouth and beginning from the scripture. When we are sharing the word of God with others, this is the most, when you're sharing the gospel with someone, this is the most important piece. Yes, share your testimony yes share how god saved you but but please please hear me first and foremost share the word of god because the, the bible says the word of god is living and active and more powerful than any two-edged sword able to able to get down inside and divide the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow when the word of god the word of God can get inside someone and the Holy Spirit will activate that. And God will call that person to salvation. All you and I have to do is be faithful and share it with them. Amen. Yes. Tell your story, but most importantly, tell God's story and tell it his way. And we see that here. So I, you ever wondered, um, what God was talking about in Psalm sixty-eight thirty-one. um, he says envoys will come out of Egypt. Ethiopia will quickly stretch out her hand to God. The psalmist is writing about how God will bless people from other, from other countries and other religions, how God will bless them with the gospel and save them. Is it, um, is it an outright prophecy? Well, you can decide that. But I do hear, I see the psalmist in Psalm 68. He says... He says, people will come out of Egypt and Ethiopia. So this very place, it had been talked about in the Psalms that somehow God was going to save people way over here in Africa. God was going to save people over here in Egypt. This eunuch made a 1,600-mile trip. So he said at 30 miles an hour with no interruptions. If he didn't sleep, he could go there in four days. So figure about seven days bouncing around in a chariot. Um, all because he wanted to get to know God better. I say why geography and maps are fun because it puts you in the location and we get a real sense for what God for what God is doing. So preach the whole gospel. When we share the gospel, sometimes not sometimes always, we must not be afraid to talk about the judgment and the wrath of God, because if God is just, if God is holy, if he's the one true God and the only God, then, then he is trustworthy to judge the world, and those who reject him and reject his salvation are inviting his wrath. Now, sometimes we, we talk about God's love, we talk about grace, we talk about mercy, we talk about the blood of Jesus, we talk about Jesus dying on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, and we're saying all the right things, but repentance and we talked about this in Ezra right for week for the last few weeks of Ezra that confession is followed up with repentance and repentance is a turning away from and when someone comes into Christ as their lord and savior sometimes right away sometimes over a period of time but that repentance becomes obvious so all that to say preach the whole gospel we must not be fearful to tell people that there is a real heaven there is a real hell that people who reject Jesus Christ aren't going, are not, they are going to spend eternity separated from God unless they know Jesus as their savior. That's the less popular part of the gospel, but it's, if we're leaving it out, we're not sharing the whole gospel with people. Then they don't, we're not giving them a fair opportunity at repentance. What do I, I'm not that bad a person. Pastor said, Jesus loves me. He said, I'll receive mercy and grace, but pastor didn't tell me Pastor didn't tell me if I, if I didn't repent of my sins and truly know Jesus, I will bust hell wide open. Oh my. See, we can't tell half a gospel, right? We can't tell half a gospel. I think that's very important. Next, evangelism must include an invitation to be saved. Well, you heard that earlier just because I didn't want to forget it. I knew it was in there. Uh, next slide, please. I, um, I did, um, yes, Rejoicing when someone becomes a Christian. In verse 39, what we're seeing here in the... Pro- now, some wild stuff happens here, y'all. Now, you've got to believe in miracles to believe in what goes on here. Yes. So, an angel of the Lord appears to him in the beginning. In verse 25, most folks in the New Testament say that was probably uh, Gabriel appearing to him. Um, but then the Holy Spirit tells him to go and talk to the eunuch. Well, that's not a stretch for us, right? Leadership and guidance of the Holy Spirit... But now it's going to get real wild here he says um, he ordered the chariot to stop they both went down into the water philip as well as the eunuch and he baptized And listen dude got saved dude got baptized we make a big fuss over baptism and we should it's a celebration but you know what we should keep the pool full and keep it warm more often because when someone comes to know jesus christ as their say lord and savior they're ready to truly know jesus they're ready to make that public profession of faith they may not know it yet, and, and you, get, you get to tell them that, right? Get saved, get baptized, it's time to go. Look, these guys are in the chariot. Dude said, hey, here's some water. What's preventing me from being baptized? Now, verse 37 is in my Bible, and it may not be in yours. Some say the earliest manuscripts did not have that actual invitation. And even though it's in this particular Bible, um, I tend to agree that maybe it's not really in the early manuscripts. Where Philip tells him he has to get saved. So I'll let you wrestle with that another day. It'll give you something to give you something to study. But so here, he baptizes him right there. Eunuch comes to know Jesus. Somehow, look, Philip gave him, Philip gave him the whole gospel because somehow during that chariot ride, dude knew he was supposed to get baptized, right? He saw some water. He said, er, Stop the chariot, stop the chariot, and baptize him, right? And because he asked Philip, will you baptize me? So they did one of those, you ever see, it happens every day in Baltimore City, one of those illegal U-turns at a red light in the the middle of a major intersection. Well, that's what Philip and the eunuch did. And he saw the pool, he said, oh, time to get baptized. Listen, this is a beautiful picture of the love of Jesus Christ in action. It's a beautiful picture of how the gospel breaks down um, ethnic and cultural and religious barriers about which sometimes we judge people who are different than us uh, so often. Sometimes, even as believers, we don't think we do. We can judge people of different faiths because we know we're right with Jesus Christ. We know we're right with the God, the creator of the universe. And yet he hadn't called us to judge them. He's called us to love them into the kingdom. Amen? So, but then it gets a little crazy right at the end. When they came out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. And the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. Look, I know some of y'all probably need to get snatched away by the Holy Spirit, too. But that would be very, very convincing. How'd you like to blink your eyes and wake up and be in a different town and just say, and just say, oh, Jesus. Yes. So the Holy Spirit literally removes him from the place where he had been faithful. He got up and went. And sent him to his next destination now why did he do it look at verse 40 he as they passed through he kept preaching the gospel to all the cities until he came to Caesarea left Jerusalem he went south God messes him up on the desert road Eunuch gets saved this guy he's back on his way to Ethiopia and then he takes Philip and sends him on his long journey north preaching all the way back up to Caesarea preaching the gospel sharing his faith Acts chapter 8, 25 through 40. I just love this account for so many reasons. Um, A couple of notes I certainly missed because somehow they got left somewhere. If I get to share anything with you today, as you observe this baptism, you are watching. You will be observing our friends publicly declaring their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They could have done this the day they got saved. Uh, sometimes, and I'm one of these people, I got baptized twice. I'll save the humorous stories. I got baptized when I got saved, and then I got baptized again because I was so bad, I thought I needed it again. Oh, and I was baptized as a baby, so I've been, baptized. I've been put in a, yeah, I've been sprinkled, dunked, and dunked. Re- I know, it really, it's a true story. But, but what I'm saying, making a public declaration of their faith in Jesus Christ today and you know if you observe that today if you observe this today and you say pastor you know what I want to know Jesus too so you know what pastor I want to know Jesus and get baptized Look, we'll put you in the pool right now <laughs> I got, we have we got a couple extra towels a couple extra baptism certificates all you got to do is pray Pray with me or one of your friends to know Jesus, and we'll put you right in the hot t- I mean, the baptism pool.) <laughs> <laughs>